You're here. We locked in. We good, bro. All right. What's the word, Remo? Ain't shit, man. You tell me, brother. I'm here, man. I'm here. You know, my favorite time of the year. We got Christmas coming up. You know, Christmas games, everything, bro. Oh, I ain't going nowhere. I already told Shorty, like, yo, them kids gonna open their shits early because <laughs> I'll be locked in on the TV. That's a fact. <laughs> You're locked onto the Let's Talk Sports podcast, the weekly NBA podcast without all those soft, generic bullshit takes. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. Now, with no further ado, let's get you into this week's episode of Let's Talk Sports. Let me just say this. Uh oh. Oh my The Denver God. Nuggets. I told you, I'm all hold in on, on the Denver Nuggets. Do, do I need the pad? No, no. I, I told you, I'm all in on the Denver. I told you that a month ago. Uh-huh. Not only that, the Joker should be the front runner for MVP. Oh, okay, no. Stop, Stop it. Come on now. Why? Stop Why? Why? Not front runner. Why? He could be in the discussion. He can't be a front runner. Why? I can name five guys over the Joker. Uh, with the best record in the NBA, with all the injuries they had. There's the best record in the NBA. He's a great player and he's done well. However statistically and impact of the game. Wait, is he not impacting the game? Got- All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Sports. This is your host, Remo, a.k.a. Mr. Rich Threads. I am back. This is EP number five. I took a little hiatus. Yeah, we know how it goes sometimes, but um, I got a special guest with me today. Boss Dorm Reg, man. What's up, baby? I'm here, Remo. What's the word, baby? I'm here, man. I, I figured, like, listen, if I'm gonna have this 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 kind of platform, I gotta get I gotta get a dude like you on this, man. Yeah, I love what you're doing, man. I be listening to the show every time, and I just love hearing different intake, well, different hot takes on what's going on in the sports world, especially basketball. Yeah, you know, we locked in. We got we got the we got the the fantasy league. I don't know how you're doing this year. I think I'm looking pretty good this year, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you check the standards, um, my name is next to number one. I mean, so, you know, I'm in first place for now. I'm, a- yeah. I'm actually having a tough week, so it looks like I'm about to lose, but that's cool. I got I got De'Aaron Fox on the way, so. Oh, that's good. That's, good. that's good That's good news for me because I'm winning 7-2 right now, but I, <laughs> I ain't going to brag. I ain't going to brag. <laughs> but, look, let's get, let's get right into this shit, right? All right, cool. There's a war going on outside, man. Nobody's safe. LA, the streets is looking real dangerous out there, man. We got, yeah, we got two. Are. There's two juggernauts sitting on top of the, the Western Conference, and we got the Lakers, and we got the Clippers. The Lakers start with a hot 23 and three, looking crazy right now, and then the Clippers at 20 and seven. What's your take on this? What's going on in LA right now? I mean, right now, it's looking like, right, I'm not going to lie, the beginning of the year, I really had faith in the Rockets. I'm like, you know what? The Clippers look good. I'm a Lakers fan. Let's get this out. Not a Lakers fan. Lakers fan. So let's get out the way first. So my thing, beginning of the year, I was like, you know what? Everybody's on the Clippers bandwagon. I didn't really trust the Clippers' health, and I didn't trust the Clippers' bigs. Like, I'm not really a fan of Zubac. I don't really feel like they had anybody that could really deal with somebody like AD. So I'm like, you know what? Conference Finals is going to be Rockets and Lakers. But now we about what we about a quarter way, a little bit more than a quarter through the season, and it's looking like the Rockets aren't who I thought they was. I thought that Russ would benefit from playing with Harden, but then day Russ is still Russ. Like he's taking bad shots. He's, I mean, he's inefficient, and Harden just a one man show. So I'm back saying that it's going to be a Clippers Lakers conference finals. And as a LeBron fan, that scares me because I, I watched Lakers. I know we're 23 and three, but 
I don't feel we're deep enough yet to mess with the Clippers. So it's like when when AD and Bron are in the first six, seven minutes of the first quarter, I'm like, yeah, we could go toe to anybody. But then when the subs come in and the Lake and the Clippers start going to Lou Will or they start going to Montrez, and meanwhile oh, we're throwing out Jared Dudley yeah, and we're throwing out yeah, that that that's the problem. That's when it's like, damn, like if we want to beat these guys, we might have to play. If we don't upgrade during trade season, we might have to play Braun and AD about forty-two to forty-four minutes a game because these dudes is kind of deep. Yeah, I must say, um, LA is really, really top heavy. I think they jumped out the window and gave um, Draymond. I mean, not Draymond. Um, Green, a lot of money this year, and he's not playing up to that contract at all. He's not. He's, he's giving, not. He's giving you the, the, the production of maybe a, maybe a bench player at this point in time. And I could see them making a pull for somebody like a J.R. Smith or like a Crawford, somebody that's a known scorer. Because if if LeBron or AD goes down, they're in trouble. Because I don't I don't really see the system that they have Kuz playing in beneficial to Kuz being that third guy. Yeah, Kuz is another guy that I thought was going to take a step up, but he's just like he he's stagnant. Like it's no, it's no, it's nothing else to his game. Like he'll he'll get you a bucket, not always efficient. He's not going to rebound. He's not going to defend. It's like I, I get it, but I thought that. I mean, it's his third season. I thought you at least you know you, summer summer went by. You got Brian, you got AD. Like right, you know what? I can see us winning chips. So let me try to add something to my game that can help me contribute to this team winning chip. And I didn't see him doing it. I don't see it yet. I should say. I, I know. I, I know he was injured. He he's yeah. still coming back from the injury. Like maybe he's trying to get his feet wet, but I just don't see it yet. I think the injury kind of slowed him down a lot because like, he didn't get a chance to really take that training camp with the guys to really figure out his position in that offense. Yeah. And he's a guy that likes to dance with the ball. You know, he needs the ball in his hand to create. He's not a catch and shoot guy. He's basically being pigeonholed in something that he's not really great at yet. We don't really know even know what he's great at yet per se, but I think him playing, he should play more with the second unit with LeBron off out of the game. But then but then you got another ball-dominant guy like Rondo to come in the game, so I I, I don't know, man. It, it's, that's, that's, it always makes me feel like LeBron and AD has to be in at all times, and that's the part that scares me, because when you watch the Clippers, you could you could rest Kate, Kawhi, you could rest PG, or even on the game like where Kawhi's not playing and PG's on the bench, you have Lou Will, and you have Montrez, and they're going crazy. Like they, they can't be stopped. And it's like, uh oh, it's like, all right, when, when they go on these little runs with the bench, what are the Lakers going to do? Because I'm not sure we have the offensive capabilities to match that bucket for bucket. Yeah. On the other hand, the Clippers they they have they have a, a arsenal of, of just talent. Because as much as you know, you're not convinced with the whole zoo box uh, signing over there or trade or whatever, whatever brought him over there. He's solid when he plays in spot spot minutes. He's more of a smarter basketball player than the bigs over there for for the Lakers. Well, minus AD, because you, you're dealing with, with uh, Howard and Javel, high energy guys. But when it comes to you know really having a, a guy that can play his, his back to the basket and give you a bucket, Zubac is I think better than both of those. And then you have Montrez Harrell coming off. He's averaging almost 20 points a game himself yeah. as a bench player. So I think it's a lot to deal with. And the pieces don't really add up on the bench compared to, to the Clippers. Because you got, even though you got a guy like Jared Dudley, they got a guy like um, Mo Harkless on the other end, who's a lockdown defender. And then he's a guy that gets out and runs, finishes well at the basket. He's not a really a, a 
deep ball threat. But even on his best day, Patrick Patterson might give you 20 points. Surprise. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're just so deep. It's like you look at Hawkless, and they got they got Rodney Magruder, who was really killing on the Heat last year when the, the Heat had a lot of their injuries. Then you got, I see Landry Shamit came back yesterday. You got you got a lot of different pieces that you could just plug in and that will be efficient as opposed to Lakers. Like I'm seeing, I, I like the chemistry with the Lakers, but chemistry doesn't always translate to production on the court. So it's like, I, I like to see how Quinn Cook and AD and LeBron, they look like, you know, they got their handshakes. They look like everything's good. But when Quinn Cook steps on the court or when Troy Daniels steps on the court and they're shooting, I'm not seeing that same. I mean, it's, it's not efficient. It's not like I, I know that I could get a guaranteed bucket from Troy Daniels, a guaranteed bucket from Quinn Cook. They're not doing that for me. A.B. Bradley was another dude I thought, all right, you know what? I've seen him at his best before when he was on Boston. If I can get somewhere close to that on the Lakers, then they're really going to be a problem. But once again, he's dealing with injuries, and he's just not looking as good as he once was. He might be one of those dudes where his time has really passed, even though he's still young, but it's like he might never get to where he once was. But how long ago was that that we seen A.B. Bradley look like A.B. Bradley? Like He's had a couple stops, and I think we've seen his best at that point in time. I don't think he gets any better than that. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's right. I have my doubts, but in the beginning of the year, like, I, I heard the praise for A.B. Bradley, like, when they was doing the, the summer camps, and Brown was talking about, yo, A.B. Bradley's locking down everything, moving in practice, and A.B. Bradley was talking about he's the healthiest he's been in years. I'm like, uh-oh. If that's really the case, then then we might have a problem, because, like, a dude like A.B. Bradley, a 3D guy, if you could just give us at least 35 to 40% from three and then lock down a perimeter player, that's all we ask of you. We don't need you to go out there and drop 20, 25. Just, Ron's going to get you the ball if you're open. Just hit the shot. Just hit the shot. Yeah, ain't none of them dropping nothing from, from deep. It's, it's looking pretty sad. It's looking pedestrian to me on my, on my end. I'm just like, I can't see where the help will come because I don't think Braun or AD can afford to have even a bad game. Forget missing a game. A bad yeah, game. Right. And, and what I noticed from them, if one of them have a bad game and they're playing a bad team, you see they don't usually crack over 100 points. That's not going to get it done, especially in the Western Conference during playoff times. Yeah, I'm right about if that. that. I'm saying, like, like it's, a, it's a run and gun league, especially out in the West. So you have teams coming at you shooting deep balls. LeBron, he is 35 or 34, about to be 35, whatever the case is. You can't run this man down into the crown. I get it. They started off hot. They played a lot of trash teams to begin with. But this pot, this past week, they, they beat a lot of teams that are over 500. And, you know, they solidified this stamp as the record is legit. All right, I respect that. But moving forward in a seven-game series, and you're seeing somebody every day, and now they're making an adjustment to the guys who can't score now. What do LeBron and AD do with these guys? That's what we're going to have to figure out. And I think we're going to get the answer to that question real soon because I'm looking at the Lakers' schedule. So I know they got the Hawks today, but after that, they play Indy, then they play the Bucks, and of course, on Christmas, they play the Clippers. So we really about to get a feel because, you know, I'm I, I got I'm one of the few LeBron fans amongst my friends. So I, I'm debating all day with people. So it's like, all right, I heard the rumors like, okay, y'all not beating nobody. Okay, yeah, y'all beat the Nuggets. Who else? The, the, yeah, y'all beat the Jazz, who Jazz aren't really having a good season. But now we're going to get the test. Like, if we could go, I'm not sure if the, I think the game on Wednesday against Milwaukee is in Milwaukee. If we go into Milwaukee and stop there, 17, 18 game win streak, that's a statement game. That's, that's not going to catapult us to a championship, but that lets, you know what I mean? Like, that makes me feel better about how the season is going. Because at the end of the day, I know we're 23 and three, but when you watch a lot of these games, especially against some of the weaker opponents, 
the Lakers should be finishing these dudes. Like, it shouldn't be. The other day, I forgot who they were playing, but they, I watched the team come back on them. And it's like, come on, y'all should have been put these dudes away. It was a you know what I'm saying? Game. But, like, yeah. once that bench come in, it's like, all right, yep, any lead you had is dwindling down. But yeah. with the upcoming games they got, they, they, now's the time to make a statement. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I definitely feel you there. Let's get into who who doesn't have a problem scoring at all. Mr. Mr. James Harden, the beard. Right, right now he's averaging 39 points a game Let's, let me just give you a, a few of his pre his previous games we have 54 and 7 55 and 8 27 and 10 34 and 6 23 and 7 50 and 9 60 and 8 so, he's, unstoppable. He's, un- he's unstoppable he's unstoppable like there's nothing like i've ever seen before in all my years of watching basketball where he's literally unstoppable like you come i don't know what else the coach can do because um, obviously when you're game planning for the rockets you're game planning to stop harden and no matter what you do if it's even only dude i know that can shoot 25 percent from the field and still end up with 40 a 40 point triple double at that like the only dude, like if he finds a way to make it work, if he's not, if his four, if his shots aren't dropping, he's gonna go to the hole. He knows he mastered the art of drawing contact to where the point the rest feel like they have to blow the whistle, and he's gonna he's knocked down his free throws. So it's like there's really nothing you can do besides hope that everybody else keeps playing like trash, which is what they usually do a lot of the time. All right, so would you deem him as the best scorer in NBA history at this point in time? Yes, I would. Yes. You know, as much as it might hurt me to say it, I think I gotta agree with you, my brother. The fact Bro, inside that inside and outside to the lane from deep, it's it's really nothing you can do. Yeah, I, I I don't think we've ever seen a complete player like him. As far as you know, it's more I like Kobe's more polished of an NBA player to me in all facets. But James Harden has mastered the art of being touched and finding the bat the basket or attracting a foul or either even garnishing enough attention for the whistle to have to be blown. He flares his legs, he flares his arms in the air, off of picks he does he and he's not a small guy. Yeah. He has he has broad shoulders and he figures a way to get to where he wants to get. And he is so scared that is either you give him the basket or if you touch him, like he got the most three point and ones probably in history now. It's just, yep. it's just what it's just what he does, and it's it's not a pretty brand of basketball. That's what a lot of people don't like. You know, one of the games, uh, one of the fans said, "Oh, you know, we didn't come here to watch free throws." You know, but that's an art. You know, he just does it better than anybody else. Yep, that, that's what that's what he's mastered. Like he's mastered the art of creativity. So if his shot isn't dropping, he's not going to stop shooting. But he knows that you have to respect his three point shot so much, even if it's not dropping, that he's going to be able to get by you. Because like, all right, if I don't put a hand in Harden's face, then he's it's going to be too easy from deep. So I have to get up the top of him, and then with that, he just gets by you. And when he gets to the hole, he knows how to throw his body certain ways to where he makes you touch him. Even if you're, I seen players try to avoid him, like they're jumping out the way, but somehow. He concocts his body in such a way that he makes sure that you contact him and it forces the ref to draw a foul. It's like there's, mm. nothing, there's nothing. I feel like just about every GM, every coach has sent a letter to the to the league saying, yo, this has to be stopped. And there's literally, there's no rule that you can put in that's going to make it stop. It's not like the most you can do is just keep hoping that Rush shoots bricks, keep hoping that in 2019, a team depends on Ben Backlund more, which is ridiculous. That's the only way you can stop the Rockets. 
yeah, what was that signing? Like, like he was out the league, and they thought, like, this was going to be a game changer. This is, That was crazy. That That's crazy. But you know what? Like, I'm honestly, another thing with Harden I, I want to look at is I think it's going to be D'Antoni's last year because I, I don't think the Rockets get past the second round this year. So it's going to be D'Antoni's last year, and it's going to be interesting to see when a new coach comes, what how that coach is going to have Harden play. Because obviously in D'Antoni's system, everybody's numbers get boosted. But now with a new coach, are they still going to – is it still three-pointers all day? Is it still give the ball to James Harden and just watch him work magic? Like, I really want to see what's going to happen next year, if um, which I think is going to happen. They don't have D'Antoni anymore. All right. I got a loaded question for you. Do you think a player like James Harden, you think that, that the, his style of play is conducive to winning at the highest level? It can be. It can be. It's not It's not conventional, but it's possible. Every once in a while, you have an awkward team that, that does brilliant things, and I think the Rockets could have did that, but I'm not sure if their window has passed. I thought that year with CP, where he got hurt, I feel like had they had CP played those last two games, they would have made the finals, and I feel like they could have beat, beat Cleveland that year because they were a better team. I feel like last year, when, um, when KD got hurt, the Rockets should have won that series. They flopped. And that might have been the error, the end of that that era for that team. Because I don't think I don't think Russell Westbrook's the answer. Not in this, not in this kind of day and age of basketball. All right, let's break down some of the names that we've known he's played with. James Harden himself. He's played with Carmelo. It, it was seen that, you know, <laughs> they had an issue with him. They got rid of Carmelo. Now he has Russ. He's played with CP3. He's played with Dwight. He's played with Trevor Ariza. You play with a couple of cats, and this style of play, it doesn't equal chips. It doesn't. It doesn't. But you got to also, this style of play came into effect in the middle of a dynasty. So it came in, in the, into effect in the middle of that Warriors dynasty where there's not much teams that were beating them, period. So now I feel like, let, let's say this was a year where Chris Paul was still in the Rockets, and the Rockets still had their team from two years ago. I think they'd have been able to do damage and possibly make the finals this year. But unfortunately for them, when they had their best team, they were in the middle of just being in the same conference as what is the most one of the most untoppable teams ever. You know what I'm saying? It's just messed up that once in a while you'll have a great team and you're just in the middle of another a greater team's run. And that's what happened to the Rockets. It's oh, not to say that style couldn't win. I just felt like they just they just ran into Goliath. All right, now let's go with Thanos. <laughs> so the second part of that question now, right? We've seen the height of Harden, and we've seen the regime seem to be crumbling around him. Daryl Morey, he's been in the news with a lot of off-the-court stuff. And uh, Mike D'Antoni, they did not guarantee anything past this year, and they're, you know, it's up in the air whether he'll be returning. P.J. Tucker is, I believe, 36, 37 years old. Russell Westbrook, as far as being an analytics-based team, I didn't see how that would fit altogether. Mm-hmm. That's not looking too good. You paid Capella. He didn't get any better to me. You have Gerald Green. He's out with a broken leg. I think he's out for the season. And moving forward, what is there to build on if and then a chip they- doesn't come? And then they gave Eric Gordon like four years and 80 mil. And, and he's another dude that, that's past his prime. Like, that was a bad signing, a bad sign. Look, I think he probably played like 10, 15 games this year. He didn't do nothing in the games that he did play. And now he's hurt. 
and you're literally tied to this dude for the next three years. You know what I'm saying? So he's not he's not a valuable trade piece. So it's not like, all right, we, you know what? We can get Eric Gordon and flip him for somebody else. Nobody's going to want that contract and give you something good in return. You know what I'm saying? So it's like now you got three max guys in Westbrook, Harden, and Capella. And then you got a near max guy in Gordon. So it's like all your money's tied up. So it's like, once again, you're, you're, you're kind of stuck. So you're kind of stuck. My question is, is it time to tear it down? <sighs> I think, because I mean, I'm going to see. Pri- prior to, remember, prior, prior to D'Antoni getting there, they did have, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, he's on NBA TV, Kevin McHale. Mm-hmm. And he tried to tell Harden, like, this style of basketball isn't going to be conducive to winning. He told me he didn't know what he was talking about, and boom, he was gone. He was fired. D'Antoni came in and he was known for three, no D, and ball movement. When Harden, ball movement stops and they became the heaviest ISO, t- ISO team. Well, he Harden himself has been one of the most ISO players in the last four or five years. So do you think that they I mean, sell high with Harden? Well, I, I don't, I don't think so, yeah. I think I think the GM, the owner, they, they're devoted to Harden. Like, we... we we put our trust, like, we'll break down this whole team and start over with you as a centerpiece as opposed to getting rid of Harden. So I think I think that's Harden's not going nowhere unless he starts getting mad and demands a trade. So the thing is, all right, if this year doesn't work out, this is what I think is going to happen. And they're going to get rid of Dan Tony, and then they're going to bring in another coach. So whoever that coach is, they're going to get that coach. They're going to give Russ the Harden, that that little trio, Russ Harden, Capella, they're going to give him one more year to see if maybe a new coach can, can figure something out and figure or make a change to the way that they play. And then after that, if this doesn't work by next year, then anything's possible. The Russ might be gone. Capella probably be gone. But I still think Harden will stay unless he actually goes out and requests a trade or something. That's 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 to be seen. I, I don't know if I would stay on the island with Harden myself, personally. Because I, I could move him and sell very high. I can get a boatload for him right now, and the rebuild can start. We can figure out something to do with Capella, might be stuck with uh the other guy Gordon, but you know people like people like numbers. I said last year that they should have traded Capella for Steven Adams personally, but teach his own. Let's uh let's go over to the Eastern Conference now, right? Let's talk about Kyrie Irving, man. Kyrie Irving has missed the last twelve games with apparent shoulder injury, right? It hasn't been disclosed whether it's a tear, whether it's a pulled muscle. They're just saying a shoulder injury. Because of the shoulder injury, he's lost $125,000 because he had an incentive in his contract that he was supposed to play over a certain percentage of games, and he'll get a bonus. Well, he lost that bonus at $125,000. But currently on that time, the Nets are playing amazing. They're 9-4 with Spencer Dimwitty at the helm, at point guard. Is this an indictment on Kyrie, or is just... They, they hit a hot spot in the schedule. What you think about uh, that? I, I think that's exactly what it is. They, they hit a hot spot in the schedule. Because I'm going to say this. Out of those nine wins, the Nets only beat two teams when they win a record. All right? So you could run up the wins against Charlotte and, and the Knicks and the Bulls, all those bums in the Eastern Conference. But when they actually play a good team, they got a good win against them. But I, 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 will, I will say that. They got a good win against them last week. And the, the other over 500 team that they beat 
was the Celtics. And that was coming off a, a back-to-back home and home. So it was like, all right, usually most teams, they're going to split the home, the home and home. Like, you'll get a one in your court, I'll get the next one in our court. I think that's what happened. So honestly, I feel like they Spencer is playing good. But after a while, once they start running into the upper tier of the Eastern or Western Conference, you'll see their records get a little bit worse without Kyrie. I didn't like how they were playing with Kyrie. But once again, when you implement a player like Kyrie into a new system and he's so used to being ball dominant, that's something for the coach to figure out on how they should move with that. Also, in the beginning of the year, like now, they're more so realizing that, okay, Jared Allen is our starting center. He's our best center, right? The DeAndre signing was unnecessary, but I understand they did it for the KD and Kyrie effect. But at the beginning of the year, they actually tried to throw DeAndre into the starting lineup and make him more of a a player than Jared Allen. So once the coach realized, all right, I'm, I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm bugging my doing this. Jared Allen is far away the better player. I think he started playing better. Of course, Spencer Dinwiddie, if you had nobody else, he's going to kill. Like, that's just who he is. Like, that's usually what happens when role players get expanded minutes. They're going to kill. But I, I prefer, well, not to say I prefer, but I like Dinwiddie coming off the bench because he came off the bench once, most of last year. D'Angelo was killing, and Spencer was still able to go out, do his thing, average 17, 18, and give that spark off the bench that is usually needed when your star player gets to rest. I don't think that you can win in this league without a star player. And the Nets roster, as is, was Kyrie Hurt and KD Hurt, of course. They don't have a star player. So after a while, you might you might do well for a while, but eventually it'll catch up to you. Mm. Well said. Well said. My view on this, I just think that... um. I think Kyrie puts a little too much on his shoulders. And I said this early in the season when I was really checking out the Nets games. And I said, man, I don't know if Kyrie could do this for 82 games. His usage rate, the way he was finding his shots, he was doing a lot to get one shot off. A lot of dancing, taking a lot of contact, especially in clutch moments early in the season. I said, man, with Kyrie's record and his injury report, this won't sustain and turn around. Now he's missed 12 games. I think he does a little too much too early in the game, you know, cause he has the ability to get a team back on the shoulders with no problem. So I think he should just trust the guys a little bit more. A la um, Jimmy Butler. Cause Jimmy Butler's, I wouldn't say he has more talent around him than he, than Kyrie does in, in Brooklyn. It's just that, you know, he trusts his team a little bit more. And when it's time for a bucket that's needed, Jimmy takes over. And I think Kyrie should kind of adopt that same moniker. Because who could really stop Kyrie on a one-on-one? Nobody. I don't, see, I, don't see, I don't see much players stopping him. So I think he should just take that time in and, you know, just let other players develop. Like Harris, I don't know what he's really doing this year, but... He is a knockdown shooter. He's shooting over 40% always. And, you know, I just believe that he just has to learn to trust his team. Levert is hurt again. He was hurt last year. He was hurt again. And they went on a, on a winning streak last year again. But Dimwitty is, he, he knows that team. He knows everybody on that roster. And I think that's why it looks a little bit better than Kyrie. But... Ah, it's a little bit harsh on, on Kyrie. And with that, the media is really riding Kyrie. Like, like, how do you feel about that? 
Yeah, but but that that's Kyrie's fault. Like that's it's like some players you just grow to accept them for who they are, and Kyrie's just an emotional person. So he 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 leads with emotions a lot of time, and it comes off as negative in the media. But I feel like with this injury, if Kyrie like if he really just sat back and watched his teammates and he watched how they play and he learns who to trust from the sideline as opposed to actually being in the game, like he'll realize like, yo, Torian Prince, he could hit a shot. He could get a bucket. Joe Harris, if you give it to him, he led the league in three-point field goal percentage last year. Like, he, if you get him the shot, he'll make it happen. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like Kyrie, he didn't know who to trust. Like, now after watching them on the sideline for the past 12 games, watching how they play, watching what these players do, you get a different view as opposed to when you're on the court trying to, I mean, you got your head down dribbling, not really focusing on what the other players could do. But that's also a thing with the coach. Like the coach had to be more aggressive with trying to break Kyrie from that style of play. Cause like, I understand Kyrie, we, Kyrie could go and out and average 35 if he really wants to, but that's not going to lead to victories. So you get in more balanced contribution from Torian Prince, from Joe Harris, from Spence off the bench, from Cash LeVert, from Jared Allen. If you if you split that evenly, while you still go out and get your little 20 or 25 points, while you go out and get your little 20 or 25 points, the Nets will be a better team. Tell me, tell me, You can't overlook my man Sharp is in the building now. You know what I'm saying? He's gone. He's gone, bro. They let him go? They cut him. They cut him. Wilson Chandler's um suspension. Yeah, so that that's who they cut. They cut Shump. That's crazy. And, and Shump was playing well. I, I think he's gonna find another team. Shump was definitely playing well. He, the Blazers should look into Shump. For real, yep. They definitely should. Because they have nobody to stop anybody on that wing. I think. All right. <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to the media with Kyrie, I think Kyrie, I think he talks too much. Yeah. And and I said from the beginning, I said, man. When Melo started practicing with them, I I always thought Melo would be a perfect shield for a Kyrie and a KD from the media because he knows how to handle the New York pressure, the New York media. And it would give Kyrie a chance to just focus on just basketball. Kyrie talks a little bit too much, and then the media, you know, New York media, they're soaking that up. He'll be on the press, the Daily News, he'll be on Instagram, he'll be on TMZ, he'll be all over the place. And I don't know if he could quite handle that because... Like he's always seen down when it comes to speaking on, I mean, like like the the media's thoughts on his game and why is his team winning without him? Is Kyrie needed here? And you know what I'm saying? He, yeah, Ky- Kyrie was never good with that. He he's one of the type he doesn't want to hear a bad word about himself. You know what I'm saying? Like he says like, oh, media don't matter. Like I don't pay attention to that stuff, but he really does, and he lets it get to him. And a lot of players let it get to them, but they don't necessarily lash out. Kyrie lashes out and he ends up saying the wrong thing. And it it really looks bad. So now it's like, now that he's only played, this is his third team in his career. The first two teams he's been to, now all the fans hate him now because of the way he exited, because of the way that he handles stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that's something that he really needs to look at. I'm not sure if KD could help him with that in the same way that Wade kind of helped LeBron. But Kyrie definitely needs to change the way in his attitude and just like strictly focus about basketball. I think I think KD's just as bad. KD got caught with burner accounts. He he comments to the fans. He gets crazy as well. So I can't say I can't say KD. Yeah, it might not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It might it might not be KD to help him. KD be the last one. He cuss fans out. He don't care. And, and after the burner account, he don't even use it. Like he just goes and he just says yeah, right from his page. That's it. Raw. Yeah. Let's get to a new segment. This is the give and go segment, my brother. Where I'm gonna give you a few hot takes and you just give me a response on how you feeling about this and you know what I mean? Let's try something new. 
So this nigga okay. goes second. So one of the first questions I want to ask is, did the Joker take his success last year for granted? I don't think he did. I just think that Joker takes basketball for granted. I don't think he really does anything to work on his game. I don't really think he does anything to work on his shape. But he has God-given talent, natural talent, where he could still go out and get buckets, but he doesn't work to get better. Like, a lot of people, if they had the talent that Joker had, like, they would be Hall of Famers. But Joker's like, all right, you know what? I could do this. I could be lazy, and I'm still going to, I mean, it's still going to look somewhat decent on the scoreboard, and I'm getting paid. And I think he's content with that. See, me, I think he, I think he more came under the radar last year. And um, his explosion and his numbers was, you know, it was kind of surprising. It took a lot of people off guard. But this year he came in overweight, maybe 15 pounds more overweight. And the fact that teams really just kind of figured how they want to play him. He's been having a lot of spot games where he hasn't really showed up. Games with five points, games with eight points. Like, if, they, if this was a so-called MVP candidate last year, you don't want to grow from that point. You want to, you know, raise your level of game. So I, I kind of think he took it for granted because he didn't belong there in the first place, to be honest with you. Exactly. And he got his big contract. He's like, you know what? Like, I, I did what I had to do. I, I showed out. I played hard enough to where I could get a couple hundred mil, you know, a hundred and change. And now I don't really have to go as hard. And that, that shouldn't be mentality. Your, your mentality should be like, I need to get better. So because we didn't make conference finals last year. Like they and we're a good enough shit. team. They didn't win nothing. They like they didn't do nothing. The 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 Warriors down. Like this should be our year where a lot of teams feel like, yo, you know what? Like the the NBA is right for the picking. Like this should be our year. And a team like Joker, a team like the Nuggets, like they're they're not doing that. Because I honestly thought that the Nuggets might be in first the first, number one seed this year. They had almost what sixty seven wins last year. They came back with the same team almost. It's like they got better. They got, they, they got more talent. They got Grant and they got the uh, the kid that was hurt, Michael Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, yeah. So I, nah, whatever. All right, let's go to the next one. Should the 76ers con- consider trading Ben Simmons at this point in time? No, no, sir, not at all. I, I, and I, I see I see a lot of people say this, and I'm just yeah. like, why? Is it because he doesn't shoot a three pointer? Is that is that why? It, do do people feel like in this day and age you need to shoot a three to be able to win? Because I, I think the 76ers are a great team. I don't really like their bench, but I think one one to five, I think they're the best team in the NBA. One to five. Like that starting lineup, they pause. They're long. They could defend. Like they they're good amazing pause. defensively. Good good pause. Good pause. <laughs> I mean, they, their bench leaves a lot to be desired. I wish they still had somebody like JJ to, you know, come off the bench and hit some threes. I don't think their starting lineup has enough three-pointers in them in this kind of, you know, in this day and age with the NBA. But I do think that they could give a lot of teams hell. I think they'll make the conference finals against the Bucks, And then after that, uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. But I, I would give Ben and Embiid more time together. I don't think it's time to blow them up just yet. I mean, let's remember, they, they were one bounce away from beating the champs last year. Mind you, in that same series, Embiid was hurt. So he didn't play... A couple of games, I believe he, he sat out one or two games, and then he wasn't himself in a couple of the others. And even with all that, they took Kawhi to seven games, and they got lucky off a bounce from the corner to, to win the series. See me? I might be on the other side of the fence for this one. I think we've probably seen the best that Ben Simmons will, will be. We've seen the height of Ben Simmons. 
we know what is he four years in how many years that he he's been in the league three years but he's he had a red shirt year yeah i think this is the best that we're gonna see of him he's not he's never gonna be a shooter he's never gonna be a knockdown shooter and he'll never be a threat from deep ball so every pick and roll you're gonna be able to sit on him you can hedge off of him hard because guess what he's not gonna hit any jump shots he's not gonna even gonna take them he hit two the over under for this year by my boys over there by the um Above the rim pod, they said, yo, over and under for five for Ben Simmons. I took the five, but I'm not sure. I'm not confident with that. And that's very bad coming from an NBA player, especially at your point guard. And Ben Simmons is almost a walking double-double, almost triple-double every single night. But it's it's what you're going to give me when the game slows down. When the game plan is make him a shooter. It's gonna it's gonna mess up the offense, I think, for the 76ers. And I think they should if not consider it, they should look into what 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 could be offered for a guy like, you know, Ben Simmons. I'm not giving I'm not giving um this guy uh Elton Brand any love though, because I think he has done a disservice to the 76ers as the GM so far, because he came in and they had a lot of shooting surrounded around these guys. Knowing that Ben Simmons wasn't a shooter. They lost J.J. Redick. They lost uh, the dude that they lost to Phoenix. Landry Shaman. They lost a lot. They lost a lot of shooters. Yeah. yeah they did. Elton Brand definitely should have been smarter with some of the moves. They're another team, I think, they'll make some deadline moves to get some shooting in. Because, honestly, when you look at it's like Tobias. Tobias is good. Al Horford's good, but you need that knockdown shooter, and they don't have it. So I feel like come playoff times, a lot of team will sag, will sag off of the off of the seventy sixes, and basically dare you shoot. And in the playoffs, that could become a big problem. Like you already know that you're not going to get much from Ben Simmons shooting. So now it's like if you you you're you're living you'll live with Joel Embiid or Al Horford shooting. So now it's like now you only have Josh Rich or Tobias Harris in the game that you might even consider playing Dion when it's crunch time. You know what I'm saying? Besides that, you could just basically clog the lane and date them to come in the lane. Yeah, I, so, I, why, did, why did they leave? Why did they get rid of Covington? I never understood that, that trade. That's another one, man. Listen, 3 and D guys in the league are, are gems. Like, if you can find a good 3 and D guy, you make sure that you keep him because those guys will win your championships. Just look at Iguodala. Look at a, um, look at a Danny Green, even though he's kind of bumming it this year. Like, those guys will win you championships. Those guys will be championships. So, I think the I think the six sisters to take a swing at sending um Mike Scott Mike Scott over there to um to to the Kings for Ariza. Yeah, Ariza's another perfect three and D guy. I'm not gonna lie. You know, he's not really doing much out there, but you know, he's a wily veteran, and you know, these young guys, he he could put everybody in a space, and he's gonna yeah. you know he's gonna play on the other end of the ball, and he's kind of dwindling towards the end of his career. I don't see him being in. In, in um Sacramento and being like productive out there, there's no reason for him to really be out there. Yeah, there, there was no reason. I know some reason. Like as he ends his career, he's chasing the bag. Like he signed a one year deal in Phoenix last year for a lot of money. You know, Phoenix wasn't doing nothing. They ain't came to sign with the Kings this year. I mean, Kings are a cool team, but you know they're not going nowhere. They're a couple years away. So it's like it's clear at this point that Ariza's is chasing the bag. I guess maybe he's hopeful that he could get traded to a contender because I believe he only signed a one year deal, so the Kings aren't bound to him. But mm-hmm. at this point, every summer, Ariza, you guarantee that Ariza will sign 
with the team that throws in the most money, regardless of if they're a 13 or 14 seed in their conference. Yeah, this this is true. I got one more. I got one more uh, give and go segment for you. All right, we we've seen the big hype with the big baller brand, Lazo Ball. His dad's been very quiet lately. But what what does the future hold for somebody like Lazo Ball? He came in. He came in with a big spark, and now, you know, what is he in the NBA right now? I, I think. I mean, last segment you said we. You think we've seen the best of Ben Simmons? I think we've seen the best of Lonzo Ball. Like he's a dude. He's, he's going to be often injured, right? Uh-huh. And in the summer, you you can't see like even the games he played this year. It's not like he's improving on anything. Lonzo's a great passer. I'll give him that. But his shooting hasn't gotten better. His shooting is still awkward. And who would have thought that? It looks at this point like yo, it might. It looks like even Markel Fultz might have passed Lonzo. We definitely know that his brother will pass him by the time next year comes around. But Lonzo might be the type of guy that for his career, he, he's an 11, 7, and 7 kind of guy. Like, he'll he'll hustle hard. He'll get you the rebounds. He'll hit you with the dimes. But you won't be able to trust him health-wise for, for a whole season. And you won't be able to trust him when it comes to shooting. I don't even think it's just that. My problem with Lonzo Ball is he doesn't have any fire under him. You know, most especially this today in today's era, is a point guard's league. And as a point guard, you have to be aggressive. You have to be able to push the pace. You have to be able to put pressure on the other team's point guard. And I'm not getting any of that feeling from Lonzo Ball. You know, that pass and going to a corner or, you know, he has great vision, yes. But now when it's time to give a basket back after getting one on the other and giving it on your head, that's not him. Hmm. So I don't know what the hell you, what, what do you do with him? Is he a starter? Do you move him over to a bench role where he's like, you know, the facilitator, the second unit, you know you can't really play him towards crunch time because he's not even willing to take certain shots or go to the bucket with aggression in certain periods when we need buckets to win. But you know so, why he won't so, go to the bucket with aggression? Because he, he can't, can't shoot, shoot free throws. throws. He can't shoot free throws. Like, I, if it's crunch time and I'm Lonzo and I'm shooting 45% from the line, I can't afford to go to the line right now because, you know what, I might cost my team the game and he's scared. He's scared, but that's what I'm saying. Like you, I don't understand why these guys aren't working harder at their craft, bro. Like free throws, there's something. If you, if there's no way that you should be shooting basically under sixty percent from free throws, especially if you're a guard. You know what I'm saying? Like leave that for dudes that's like seven three. Even DeAndre Jordan and and Andre Drummond are shooting better from the line than than Lonzo Ball, and it doesn't make sense. It's, like it's it, sad. It's sad because it's not like you're going to ninety five and you're going to play rec league somewhere else. You have an ability to open a gym. And shoot all day long. All day. You can hire the best trainers. Like you can do all of that just to improve your game. And it's like, I don't know if these dudes aren't dedicated or if they're just too comfortable, but it's just something that a lot of dudes are lacking that they need to take their game to the next level. And the, the growing the growing joke is uh if you if you ain't in the gym shooting with Brickley, the jumper don't matter. <laughs> That's the yeah, growing yeah. joke. <laughs> Give us C Brickley. He'll fix his. He'll fix his shot. <laughs> That's it. But but let's not let's. I want to. I want to add a little bit to New Orleans. The New Orleans conversation. With what they've seen. So basically, I believe that they're gonna sit out Fat Boy for the rest of the year. You know, I didn't. I, I'm 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 going on the record. I went on the record as calling him a comparison to Rodney Rogers on draft night. Yikes. Which, which was seen as very disrespectful to most. But has he proved me wrong yet? You know what I'm saying? We, we can't say that because he hasn't played yet. I mean, he looked 
he looked decent in that what what he played like one quarter in the preseason. Like he looked decent there. I, I think I don't think Zion is as good as people might make him seem, but I don't think he's as bad as some people might think that he's gonna be. Or a lot of people feel like he might not his game might not translate to the NBA or he might not be healthy enough to last in the NBA. I don't think it's gonna be that bad, but I also don't think that he's gonna be like Hall of Famer with guaranteed bucket. It, that's not him, not yet, uh, at least. If he does stuff to upgrade his game or to develop his game, then yeah, the, the sky's the limit. But as of now, like I see, I see Lonzo. I mean, I see Zion being like a, if he comes back this year, an eighteen, nine, and and four kind of guy, which ain't bad. But it's not bad. But I don't think you won't see anything this year. I don't believe so. I think there's an outlier, and that's I don't think that they're gonna present him this year because one, he hasn't taken any runs on the court. From his knee injury, and two, what weight is he gonna report in after this injury? So now he came off a knee injury, and you're gonna put more pressure with more weight on the same leg. Yeah, yeah, because that's nothing. With knee injuries, of course, you can't. Your conditioning isn't there yet. So I feel like you might be right. I, I don't, I'm not sure they're gonna sit him out for the whole season. They might just to give him that that option of you know getting i think stuff like that is big to people like sign where i want rookie of the year i don't want to just come and play this year for 20 games and then you know what i'm automatically disqualified for next year's rookie of the year. i think stuff like that matters to zion and zion's brand so after a while like as we get closer and closer to the end of the year like they might beg you know what to sit this one out and we start next year fresh so i think that does have a possibility of happening but once again like after receiving this injury, he needs to realize, like, yo, I need to devote myself to getting in shape because you already got one year down at your career. Like, dudes' careers, they, they're not lasting long. If you notice, like, shout out to Luca, get better because I heard Luca's out for a couple weeks. Dudes are getting hurt very easily, and it's not only dudes that's out of shape. So even if the dudes are in shape that's getting hurt, then you know somebody like Zion, he's, he's food unless he gets better. See, Zion, I think Zion's best – his best effort would be just sit out this year, train with the team to know what being an NBA basketball player is about and the dedication that's going to take, and then try again next year. Because now he has to he has to figure out his spot in the NBA because now if he's not the big dude that can jump, he's no longer a power forward. And now his skills as a three more than a four would have to equal – jump shots and we've seen that he has the wind up jump shot he can't drink get off a jump shot off the dribble it's more of a set jump shot so now we have he has to work with certain skills to change that factor to really figure out what he's going to do on the way on the way back he, he does and, and that's what i mean i know they got a good coach over there that that's what they need to help him figure out because honestly after a while you invest all your money in this kid then you got to do what you do as an organization to make sure that you can't let Zion be lazy. You can't let Zion stay out of shape. All right. So you can let the media say whatever they got to say about him. Like, oh, Zion's too fat. Zion's not going to change. But as an organization, y'all sit this kid down because he's just a kid. Y'all sit him down and say, yo, listen, we need you to have a, We want you to have a lengthy career. I'm sure that's what you want for yourself. In order for that to happen, we need to get more strict with your regimen. You get what I'm saying? We can't let you. We know what you could do at this weight. But, yo, just imagine if you lost a good 10, 15, 20 pounds, you, you could be legendary. Right? So do you want to be good, great, or do you want to be legendary? And they need to drill that in this kid's head and get him to, you know, do what he got to do. I understand, like, when you're in Duke, 
you know you're just staying there for one year. So they could try to get in shape, but it's like, bro, I'm out of here in a couple months. Like, why am I paying attention to y'all? I'm killing all these kids in college anyway. Like, I don't got to pay attention to y'all. I'm going to do me regardless. But now that you're with an actual NBA team and you have a future with that team, a long-lasting mm-hmm. future, that they got to make sure they got to do what they got to do to get you in shape. Especially with his his brand, his name and his brand matters on that end as well because, you know, he signed a big contract with the Jordan brand as well. So you know, I I I don't believe that they would trot him out this year. They want to get as much get back as they could, like a la Blake Griffin, his first year. Mm-hmm. So you know, we'll see. They 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 do have a lot of other players on that team that I think they should move on from. Somebody like a JJ Redick. We've seen Drew Holiday been like the best Drew Holiday could out there, but it's not enough. So I, I think they should think about tearing it down as well over there. What, you feel like tearing it down and just start over with like Brandon Ingram and Zion? See, B.I., he playing for a contract right now. Yeah, they didn't offer him any extension. He's hooping. So somebody's mm-hmm. going to pay him this year. That's a fact. Somebody's going to give him a substantial amount of money and rather than lose him for no for nothing... I might consider trading him too. JJ Redick. JJ Redick has been in the, the playoffs every year for his whole career. Yeah. JJ, JJ, Redick could, JJ Redick could really upgrade a contender right now. Like, you get him to the right team, have him come off the bench, lighten it up. Like, that could really put a team over the top. Just imagine if a team like the Rockets had a JJ Redick instead of a Ben McElmore. You get what I'm saying? That could really change the See, outlook on a lot of teams. The only issue with that is it's hard to play a JJ Redick because you have two ball dominant dudes and then JJ so small on top of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because Harden so- doesn't play much defense on one end. Westbrook plays the lanes, more spotty defense, and then JJ is JJ. Like, you know what I'm saying? He might get stuck on an island with a point guard. That's not really his thing. Yeah, a a, a lot of if you have if you have JJ, Russ, and Harden at the same time, that that's a a lot of teams will take it to you. I ain't gonna lie. See now, if JJ played on a team like Milwaukee, oh yeah, yeah, where they could really find him, and you know you got Giannis playing as a big point finder, like he demands so much attention at the rim, and he's a willing passer. Oh God, that's all day. He kind of he kind of seamlessly on the low. We're filling the role for um, a Malcolm Brogdon that just moved over to Indiana. Damn, so you're telling me Corbin and JJ on the same team? That'd be crazy. I ain't going to lie. That's dirty. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. And then Drew Holiday, like, like, what is there left for him to stay for, bro? He 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 lived through the AD. He didn't get mm. to play with, with, with uh, Zion. Like, at this point in time, man, I, we call him we call him uh, Black Jesus. Jack, Black Jesus, <laughs> I see him perfectly fitting in with somebody like like Philly. Mm. But of course, they have to give up Ben Simmons. Not, not technically. You could give up somebody like Tobias. What's today? Today's the fifth, right? The fifteenth. Yeah, fifteenth. Yeah, you can start trading them. Trades can start. If same contracts just start getting moved. Yeah. I, I would consider. I would consider moving someone like. Holiday for a Tobias, or mm. or or you can even move him for a Horford. Mm. Say, because you know it can be done, but to get Ben, because Ben could slide over to a three or a four based on his size alone. 
Yeah. And it, and it can work. It it can be it can be done because Drew Holiday is a one-two hybrid. So when Ben is running the the, the one, he can run the two position seamlessly, and he's a good finisher at the bucket as well. Yeah. And you'll have somebody that whose three point shot is respected now. It's wet. <laughs> I'm saying it's wet. But I mean, uh, we we will see. Today's the fifteenth, and you know it's the first time that we'll see Trey start moving on the board. Hopefully, we get some movement. But I mean, it's to be desired. Right, I just we'll want to close out. I just want to close out the show today with Remo's rant of the week, and I want to give some shit to the Houston Rockets. It's always a conversation that's coming from an anonymous source, an insider source. Now, this week, it's another inside report coming about Carmelo Anthony, who has been playing pretty decent for somebody who's was home for a whole year, sitting on the couch waiting for a phone call. But why is it that the Rockets feel that they have to drop a report saying that they knew that adding Carmelo Anthony would have been a struggle coming into camp and and cracking the rotation. And they said that P.J. Tucker actually made him quit during uh, a session in preseason. Like, like, is it enough with the Rockets? Is, are they responsible for Melo sitting out for the year? And why is it that they're continuing to send out reports about Carmelo, who's on another team now? What do you think about this? I think the Rockets, as an organization, they have a way of when when they don't mess with you, they really don't care about you. Like, they, they, their world revolves around Harden. And honestly, if you're not Harden, they, they'll feed you to the wolves. Like, we saw it happen with CP. We've we seen it happen with Melo. It's like, if it doesn't work out or if Harden isn't pleased with you, then they'll do what they have to do to make themselves not look as bad as an organization. You get what I'm saying? So the rumors came out like, oh, like Melo, Melo made them seem, well, Melo made it seem like the Rockets did him dirty. CP made it seem like the Rockets did him dirty. So now the Rockets will, all of a sudden, will get mystery reports coming out just saying that, you know, like, oh, it was Melo's fault because Melo didn't want to do this or Melo, you know, he, he didn't give it his all. They'll do what they can to try and save their face as opposed to looking like a trash organization. And that, that's all they're doing right now. Now, now this is this is three players that they've basically thrown under the bus and like you know three valid uh, first ballot Hall of Famers in Dwight Howard, CP3, and Melo that they've done dirty. They've talked crazy about and they've gotten rid of with no regards. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying off 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 of the likeness and the, the respect that they have for Harden, which you know your franchise player should be granted, you know, that type of treatment. But, lo and behold, the news travels in the NBA, and players do talk. So, how do you how do you feel that you're going to attract these big names and expect certain players to come and sign with you if you're, they're talked about in the media, even on another team? Yeah, like no, that, that's what's going It's going to come back to bite the Rockets in the ass, because after a while, like, it's going to be clear that if you're not one of James Harden boys, like how a Russell Westbrook is, we're not going to want to come because we already see what's happening. Like if, if the team fails, it's not going to be on Harden. It's going to be on, Oh, okay. You know what? It was Melo's fault. Oh, it was CP's fault. Cause he's always hurt. Oh, it's Dan Tony's fault. Like it'll never come to 
to like, yo, okay, like Harden just isn't doing it. And you see like Harden and the organization, they have a way of throwing the blame. And I don't know if you remember at the end of last year's uh, series with the Warriors, Harden was like, we know what we got to do to be a better team next year. So at that point, he already turned into the GM and he knew that he was getting rid of CP. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. CP was the what he felt he needed to change. And he made it happen. So now when players see this, it's like, oh, we're like, CP almost had y'all in the finals last year. And now, all of a sudden, it's, oh, we see what we need to do to be better next year. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not how you do it. Even if you don't feel like you and CP will work, you could go behind closed doors, talk to your GM about it, and then see what alternates are, alternatives are out there. But you don't throw your, your teammate under the bus like that on a, you know, at CP, he might not be where he once was, but he's also not, He's not a sucker. So when CB plays, he's giving you his all. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to bust his ass every play. He, he's he's going to try. He's a fighter. Like, he wants to win. So don't do him like that after he done went to war with you for the past couple of years. Yes, listen, I, I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, the Rockets are showing how much of a trash organization they could be at this point in time. And I'm not respecting it at all. From Daryl Morey down to the anonymous sources to Mike D'Antoni. Like, if Melo's on a new team, let the man live. It didn't work here. It doesn't work for all plays and all stops. We've seen players on G League contracts that come to the NBA and play amazing. A la uh, this this guy from, um, what's this guy's name? PJ Tucker's one of them. He was a G League guy. Came out and he's doing his thing now. Like, like let these players play and let them do what they do, especially if they're not on your team. And it should become some kind of fine hand down to these guys. Because it's like now you're you're tarnishing a player's name. Because yeah. if a player came out and spoke on a team in that aspect, he'd be fined. And if, if, a, if another GM could, could speak on a player that could potentially be a free agent and they get fined about it, why talk about a player that didn't work out in your system? And now it's assigned to another team, and you're basically talking down upon him after he's been out the league for a year. What more is there to say? It just besides, it just didn't work out for us. Yeah, that's definitely that, that's some sucker stuff that the Rockets is doing, and their karma. We see their karma is like they haven't been making out the second round. Like they're not, they're not going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like I really do like Harden a lot, but as a team, they just need to figure out what they need to do. Maybe that brand of basketball isn't it, but whatever the reason is, there's no reason to throw people or former players under the bus, especially players that they went to war with you. You know what I'm saying? Like CP, CP's a, a certified Hall of Famer. He gives it his all. It doesn't always work out, but there's no need to do him like that. That's crazy. But And you know what man, really hurt them? What really hurt them was seeing Melo win that play of the week. After that, they was like, you know what? Let's throw a story out there. <laughs> let's throw, yeah, let's throw a little trash on that man's name. Exactly. <laughs> Cause you know I'm a big Melo fan, and before we get out of here, I want to give a big shout out to my dude. Like you know, it's kind of like a band aid for the Blazers at this point in time. They got a lot of other places to to, to really repair that team with um, uh, this guy Hoodie going out with the torn Achilles, and you know they, there's a couple play, players that they they should add, but I won't go deep into it. But I just appreciate how he came ready. Yeah, yeah. You know See, he, he campaigned. <laughs> And he came ready, so I I, I I could definitely appreciate that part. Yeah, I think definitely Melo definitely showed a lot of people. So a lot of people thought he was done. He was boss. He was a, a team destroyer. And 
Now that you see Melo, you know that he's not. Like I'm sure, I'm sure Damian Lillard and CJ will vouch for him. Any man, like yo, he been nothing but balling since he got here. A great team player person. But it just sucks that he took the fall for the Knicks after he brought them to places they hadn't been in years. He took the fall for the Rockets because they started off slow and didn't know how to incorporate him into their system. And with just he got a bad rap for a while. With a lot of team injuries, is that exactly? But, but yo, man, that was episode five, man. I appreciate you coming through, my dog. And you're ready anytime, bro. Yo, man, give them a way to contact you so they can get up in your DMs and talk crazy about your hot takes. All right, man, listen, I'm a Braun fan. Braun's the greatest player ever. I'm letting anybody know that. But if you want to discuss that with me, my Instagram name is Boss Reg, B O S S R E G G. Find me on Instagram. Always down to debate basketball, whatever sport. Yeah, man, we here, man. Y'all already know how to find the, 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 the show. Let's talk sports on uh, podcast networks and let's talk sports on Twitter. Come and talk your trash to me. I'm always willing. Man, Reg, you got to get back on Twitter, dog. Yeah, I'm going to get back on Twitter, man. That's like the the best CNN out there, man. You get the news up to the minute and all that. <laughs> up to the minute. But, yo, listen, that's the best That's the best platform for live conversation and live trash talking, dog. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, yo, man, I appreciate you coming through, man. And that's episode five, everybody. We out of here. All right, bro. Have a good one. Lil Remo, I see you, baby. <laughs> yo. Lil Remo in the cut. I see him. All right. My name.